0: Welcome to the Girl on Top Shalin XO podcast. I'm your host, Shalin Lester, and you might know me from my YouTube channel, where I analyze celeb relationships and scandals for the lessons we can take into our own lives. But here on the podcast, I answer the best questions you submitted over the past week. Welcome back, Shalligators. This week, you know, I hesitate to say this is another extension of grad week. Because honestly, this is an issue you're going to have to deal with more than just in your early 20s, or your mid-20s, or your late 20s, or your early 30s. It is being on completely different pages as your friends in terms of not just, oh, somebody has a boyfriend and someone doesn't. Someone might have a kid, or a husband, or several husbands and several children. How do you maintain friendships when y'all are all over the place? And more importantly, how do you not compare your life to their life, your path to their path, and instead learn to give each other some space and preserve the friendship rather than throwing everything out just because you're not exactly in the exact same season at the exact same time. We're going to get into it and break it all down. First, I wanna remind you, if you need a little one-on-one help with me, head to my website, shallonluster.com. Also, if you would consider donating to our fundraiser to help rainforest baby animals, little rescued sloths and anteaters and dolphins and sea turtles and a whole bunch of other adorable little snouts out in Costa Rica, it would mean so much to me. If my advice has ever helped you, I'd really appreciate you paying it forward, even with five or $10 that can help feed a baby animal for a week. The charity is called Kids Saving the Rainforest. It's a 501C verified, vetted charity that's been around for three decades. So go ahead and click the link down in the show notes to pitch in. Love you guys so much. Okay, let's get into it. So the reason I'm bringing this up, as always, it's affecting my life, you know? Like, I always am only just five minutes down the road from wherever you guys are emotionally, and I'm just trying to, like, call back behind my shoulder, hey, here's how I can make your journey a little bit better. I'm actually in New York City right now, and you guys know I lived in New York for my entire adult life. I mean, I graduated college and pretty much moved right out there, and I didn't leave until 2020, and... That's a long time, I'm approximately 500 years old, so it's a really long time. And in New York, it it was helpful for me because had I stayed home in the suburbs of California, I think I would have really fallen into the trap of comparing my life to everyone else's because people were getting married, they were having kids, and that's just, now I can see that's not my path. I mean, I wanna find a partner for sure and I wanna have love in my life. Kids are not for me. I don't even know if marriage is for me anymore. And monogamy, i just, good God, that's a whole whole other ball of wax for a whole other day. But being in New York sort of exempt me from some of that because in New York, everyone's chasing their career. Like very few people are stay-at-home moms. No one is a stay-at-home wife. No one's a housewife in New York City, are you kidding me? That's just not how the city works. It's too goddamn difficult to just be like, bopping around, and it's too lonely. If you don't have a path or a direction here, kind of no one wants to be friends with you because they can't relate because they've got such a rigid path and they're chasing something so hard they want to be around like-minded people. So I found that super comforting. But now, you know, in my 30s, my late mid to late 30s, those paths are diverging once again, kind of like they did in my early 20s. I've spoken before about how, you know, when I was in college and I graduated, so many of my sorority sisters, they got married right out of college or pretty much. I mean, they were—they married the guy they were dating in college. And even now that I live in Montana in Bozeman, my new set of friends here, they had done the same thing. My friends who are married, they have been with that dude since they were 18. Can you fucking imagine? One dick your whole life. It's a hellscape. I can't even get into it. But they're happy or so they say. Whatever. Again, a story for a different time. I know how the sounds kind of move away from those friends who were on just such a completely different path. And I regret doing that. I understand why I did it. And it was natural. Like it, it made sense to me at the time. And it, it even makes sense in hindsight, but I regret sort of what they say, throwing the baby out with the bathwater. It's like at the time I told myself, I was so sure about my path as a career woman. Ugh, I just didn't have time for these like moms and wives. It was the opposite. It wasn't that I was so sure about life in the big city. It's that I was so unsure about what I was doing. I really couldn't have any contrary opinions. I couldn't have someone in my life who was like, no, I want to have babies. I'm 24. Like, this is what I want to do. Because I was so afraid of being, I guess, infected, as I saw it, with that idea that would rattle me from a very difficult life in New York City. Do I want to be living in a studio Do I wanna be schlepping on the train and maybe getting mugged and working for these horrible people? Maybe I do just wanna get married and live in Palo Alto and drive a Tesla, fuck, man. Maybe that sounds nice. I couldn't have that input, so I vilified it. I devalued that to devalue what it might mean in my life. You know what I mean? Now, though, I'm older and, I mean, minorly wiser. And like I said, these paths are diverging once again. I have lived in New York, you know, my whole life, and so have most of my friends here. You know, we've all been adults in New York City, and people are sort of hitting their wall with the city. Obviously, I did. I did probably the biggest overcorrection you can do. I moved to the goddamn country. And now that I'm the age I am, like I said, I see this sort of divergence again, especially being back in New York, where people are taking, I don't know, I guess there's a fork in the road we're kind of all in like our mid to late thirties and people are like, okay, if I'm gonna be a mom, I have to do this now. Okay, if I'm gonna make this marriage work, we might have to leave the city. Okay, if I'm really gonna become CEO of this company, I gotta like quit messing with the fuckboys, boys and I really gotta buckle down in my career. We're all sort of seeing writing on the wall. And certainly I did this, you know, I moved to Montana, I got out of New York City. And so I'm trying to meet this with less judgment and more grace in terms of what my friends are doing. Why am I bringing all this up? Because I wish I had done this when I was 22 instead of 32. I wish I had more elasticity at 25 instead of at 35. I wish I hadn't been so quick to judge people who were on a different path, and I wish I had been much more quick to positively judge the path I was on and feel confident in that path. Right? We need to start trusting our own motherfucking judgment. That's what this comes down to. sometimes you want a custom video for me you can go to cameo blah 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 it's fun it's a great birthday gift for a friend or a pep talk for yourself or whatever and I did one yesterday it was a sister sending it to her little sister and the little sister what the big sister wanted for her was to be able to trust her own instincts more trust she's so fantastic she's so wonderful I just wish she could trust herself more and I realized and I said this in the cameo all the birthday wishes that I get from girls to other girls, their girlfriends, their sisters, even moms to daughters and daughters to moms, all comes down to the same message. I wish she could trust herself more. She's amazing. I wish she saw that. I wish she knew how great she was. Now look, we have plenty of gaslighting going on. The patriarchy, fuck boys, our bosses, right? But we are fucking ourselves up Just as much, honestly, if not more. The messages like that we get from the patriarchy and the commercials and whatever, those are finite. We leave our office, we turn the TV off. What we say to ourselves lasts in perpetuity. That goes on forever. And what we're saying to ourselves, I'm realizing is, girl, you can't trust yourself. Oh my God, you're so stupid. Don't be confident about where you're going. Maybe you should go in this other direction. What if we just stopped doing that? Can you imagine? Like literally, can you imagine if you were just bold and purposeful and resolute and confident about the direction you were heading? What would your life look like? And what would your friendships look like? What if you could get an invitation to a wedding and not have to feel any type of way about your own life? What if you could just look at that invitation and say, you know what? I'm so fucking happy for Kristen. This is amazing. Yay. Do I have a boyfriend? No. Who cares? It's fine. What if it wasn't about you at all? What if it was just about her? What if your friend got a promotion? You're like, yeah, that's amazing. Without it immediately boomeranging back to your own ego. I'm not saying this to like wag my finger at you. I'm saying this to free you of that. What if you could just exist in your own encapsulated lane, your own sort of emotional vacuum, and you could look at everyone else as being in their own emotional vacuum? Hey, Kristen's getting married. Becca's having a baby. Joan is moving to Texas. Great. That has literally fucking nothing to do with me. Think of it this way you went to lunch with Becca, she talked to you about a coworker she has oh, yeah, Valerie is um, deciding to move to Spain and marry her Spanish boyfriend that she's only seen for, you know, 20 minutes a month or whatever for the last three months. Okay. How would you take that? You wouldn't take it any type of way. It wouldn't fucking matter to you. You'd be like, oh, that kind of seems like a mistake, but sure, whatever, I don't care. You really wouldn't give it too much thought, most likely. And the more you remove that connection, it's not Becca's coworker. It's her coworker's friend. It's her coworker's friend's cousin. It's her coworker's friend's cousin's babysitter. The less that would impact your own life, the less you would compare that person's life to your life, right? Because they mean less and less to you. What if you could cultivate that same detachment for people who do mean a lot to you? For what your sister was doing? What if what your sister did could have no bearing on what you did with your life? No bearing on how you spoke about or thought about your own life? What if she could exist in her own life and you could exist in yours? Imagine what that would feel like. And again, imagine how that would not isolate you from her. It wouldn't push you further away from her. It would probably bring you closer together. We all know how wonderful it is to be genuinely happy for somebody else. To be like, I don't want what they want, but I am so glad that they have it. Have you ever actually even felt like that. I can look back and I can say for a very long time, no, I really didn't feel like that. Every person's success or failure somehow had something to do with me. It bounced back, it reflected and boomeranged back to my own ego because my ego was just that sensitive. Dr. Phil calls this an emotional sunburn, a psychological sunburn. You know, you touch someone without a sunburn, you can touch them pretty hard, it doesn't hurt. Someone has any kind of sunburn, you touch them even really light, ow, ow. Everything hurts. Things that aren't supposed to hurt hurt a lot. And when our ego isn't in a good place, <laughs> isn't exactly how we feel? Look at jealous boyfriends. I'm going to book club. Oh, are you? Right? You're like, Jesus fucking Christ, Tyler. This again? He's a walking emotional sunbird. He is a flaccid ego and probably flaccid other things. And it becomes exhausting to be around them. And it doesn't bring you closer with them. It, it makes you more estranged. But a man who's healthy and happy and whole, oh my gosh, have fun, babe. Tell the girls hi. You're like, damn, I can't wait to get home to that dude. Mm, that's, a, that's a great guy. I want to talk about him at book club. I want to exalt him. I want to comment sexy things on his pictures. I love that guy because you can both exist in your own non-sunburned ego vacuum. And therefore, you want to support each other. You can give each other space and not the evil eye. So how can we cultivate this? How can we feel okay with where we're at and not constantly compare ourselves to where our friends are at? I really think the answer is to listen. We as human beings, modern human beings, 2022 human beings, who knows, We will go out of our way to avoid listening to our own psyche, right? We will have the TV on, Instagram open, our laptop open, somebody else walking in the room, the dog barking. Like, we will fill our life with so much noise, literal or existential, to avoid having to sit inside our own emotional real estate. And I talk about this so often. Like, I like being alone. I travel alone. I eat alone. I am A-okay by myself, partly because I was an only child and I just got used to it. It's my default setting. And I was taught and encouraged to be alone, entertain myself, be imaginative. And so I kind of tried to carry that into adulthood with, you know, again, mixed results. I mean, I lived in New York City and I kept myself so manically busy. So as I'm saying this, maybe I'm completely full of shit. But it is something that I am aware that I need to do and I strive to do it. You know, and it's progress, it's not perfection. Who wants to be alone all the time? Fucking nobody. I don't like to meditate. I think it's boring and annoying. Some people love it. Maybe I'll get there one day. Who knows? I digress. Try to leave space in your life for listening. For me, I am the most, I guess, productive, AKA imaginative, right when I'm about to fall asleep. I'm also spiraling the hardest. And I realize it's because it's really kind of the only time during the day, some days, where I give myself room to just listen. I'm just still, there's no one asking for me. I'm not looking at anything. I'm not listening to anything. It's just me and my thoughts. And that's when I'm like, oh, you should try this for your business. Oh, why don't you do a video about that? Oh oh my gosh, we should put together this outfit for the next trip. But like I said, it's also when I'm like, oh, that email you didn't respond to. Uh, have you opened your mail and paid your bills in three weeks? No, piece of shit. Because again, it's the only time my psyche can be heard. So it's a bombardment. When I can build in those quiet moments in other parts of my day, it's not such a flood. It doesn't just burst forth in such an overwhelming way that I sort of spiral myself to sleep to avoid having to hear it. What if we could build those spaces in? Tiny things, things where we're not listening to a podcast. Well, this one, you always want to be listening to this one, of course. Or having someone talk to you or listening to music or scrolling. Because what we can do when we listen is do a gut check. What we want is to let our psyche be heard. And she will always be heard. She'll do it the easy way. Hey, you know, I think you kind of want to leave your hometown. This kind of sucks here. You want to move to Dallas. You love it, like, yeah. Maybe she's saying the opposite. I think you've had enough time here in New York. You're only really happy when you're doing country stuff. Maybe you should move to the country. Who cares if you're not a New Yorker? Who fucking cares about clout? Get out. But she's trying to say something. That's the easy way, okay? That's the easy way. Let her be heard. The hard way is you're dating fuckboys you're filling your calendar um you're incredibly jealous and or resentful or just pissy and bitter about your friends and the path they're on comes out in these angry bursts because think about someone a person who isn't being listened to think about someone who is hey how are you feeling today oh okay well let me tell you you know i'm listening and thoughtful you have a, a neutral balanced discussion you're sitting across from your friend at brunch she's talking right like it's normal, it feels sane, it feels dignified. It's a conversation. Someone's speaking, someone's listening. Great. Now think about someone who isn't being listened to, right? A little kid who wants his mom's attention. Mom, 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 mom. They get louder and more hysterical. And then if they're still not being listened to, they become destructive. They're going to tip over the fishbowl, they're going to pull their little sister's hair, they're going to kick the cat or whatever. That is the difference. And our psyche does it the same. If we're like, hey girl, what you want to say to me today? She's like, oh, great. I'm so glad you asked. I was kind of thinking, hey, maybe we should think about making our side hustle more of a priority. Because I really kind of am seeing the writing on the wall in this corporate job, it's not going anyplace. We're never going to get that promotion. Our boss hates us. Hmm. But if you're like, shut the fuck up, shut up, psyche. She's like, really? OK, cool. You're gonna go out, you're gonna snort three lines of Adderall tonight, take eight tequila shots, you're gonna blow that fucking meeting tomorrow, you're gonna get fired, and then you're gonna have no choice to confront that your side hustle needs to be your full-time job. But you're gonna go through a lot of pain to get there. I tried to do this the easy way and you wouldn't listen, so I'm gonna start some fires. And she will. We see it all the time. All the time. So that's one way, you're gonna listen. Listen to what your mind is saying to you. When I look back on my 20s and I was in these like fire states, you know, like I didn't use snorting three lines of Adderall for no reason, as an example. What my psyche was trying to tell me was not, oh, you wanna settle down, you want a stable relationship. It was actually the opposite. Like stop trying to turn a hoe into a housewife. You don't wanna get married right now. You want to have fun. You want to have sex. You want to have adventure. You want to have your name in lights. So just have boys be something fun. Like quit acting like you want to settle down. You don't. And that was not messaging I was willing to hear. Because the people who were settling down, their life seemed so much easier. But it seems stifling. And had I just been honest about that, I probably could have spared myself a divorce if I'm being realistic. So you want to listen. The next thing you want to do is get realistic about other people's lanes. Like I said, my best friend here just had a baby. When people have babies, I don't know if anybody you know has had a baby, there will be one person whose pregnancy rocks your world. I know a lot of people with kids. Almost everyone I know has kids. And for some reason, my bestie having a baby, maybe because she's we're so alike and she's such an extension of me and we did like everything together in New York. Like even just schedule wise, we were so on the same page about everything that like this huge life shift is like, I am just almost catatonic. I'm so stunned by it. Like there is not one day that goes by that I don't kind of have to clutch a wall and be like, oh, what? She's got a a baby? It just seems so much more real to me. I don't know but it's rocked my world and it's rocked my world and maybe because I'm finally you know a thousand years old and I can be mature enough to face the writing on the wall I do not want a baby like I don't know what I would do if I was in her position so I might do something weird like leave like give the baby to my mom be like I'm going out for a, a snow cone and like never come back I don't know But that is data. The whole thing has just been a data dump for me. She is happy and I'm so thrilled she is. But old me, 20 something me would have been like, "Uh no way she could be happy. That's so gross. Her life's over. I'm not now. Now I can be like, that's her lane. I don't have that psychological sunburn. I'm happy where I'm at. And watching her go down this path solidifies that that's not my path. Maybe that path will change. My paths have changed before. But where I'm at, I'm so confident in where I'm at that I am genuinely happy for her. And I am very clear on the fact that I would be genuinely horrified for myself. And that's okay. No one is right and no one is wrong. There is only one of us is authentic. That's it. There is only authenticity and non-authenticity. There is no right or wrong path. There's only what is right or wrong for you. We talk a lot about seasons here on this channel, and especially when it comes to friendships. Someone can just be in a different season of their life. You know, at 24, I was in the snorting Adderall season. (laughs) Some of my friends were in the birthing baby season. When we look at actual seasons, you know, spring to summer, spring is a fickle time, right? People are also all over the place. We can go out, one person's in flip-flops and a short skirt, and I'm in like still my lightweight puffer jacket because I'm fucking freezing one of us isn't right one of us isn't wrong one of us is just on a different page it's authentic versus not we can acknowledge that in so many other categories of our life but yet when it comes to the big stuff we lose sight of it so what i want you to do is try to get sight of that try to get realistic and also get realistic that no one's lane is perfect when i was 24 and i looked at these women who were settled quote quote settled with their husband and they had a new baby or whatever, and Palo Alto, worked in HR, Tesla. Again, I couldn't look right at it because I was so afraid it would unseat me from my path. Because I guess the subtext is, it looks really enticing. And look, when you're in a growth building place, when you are just, you don't have it all figured out. You, You maybe don't have anything figured out. Forget all of it. You have nothing figured out. You look at someone who seems at least outwardly to have a thing locked down, a guy, a baby, a city, a job, a fucking car, a haircut, and you're like, oh my God, oh my God, they're so much further along. Okay, maybe they are now. Maybe they have their person, he's my person, I'm so done dating, connection. But in 10 years, they might not feel that way. And in 10 years, you might have a bunch of amazing experiences and they might not. And they might be wishing the grass was greener. They might not have gone through a slut phase, a trash phase like you did, like I still am in, protracted. So look, girl, what works for someone now might not work later. Hopefully they're listening to their psyche and their seasons are changing and they can acknowledge that, but maybe not. There is no perfect situation. No matter what lane you're in, to some degree... It will inevitably at times feel like the wrong one. That's just human nature. That's just life. And like we talked about last week, the goal is not to totally shut that out and never hear that. The goal is to embrace it and greet it as a friend. Oh, hello, self-doubt. You're popping your head in. You only need to stay a minute. You're gonna leave, and I'm gonna go back to what I was doing, bye. You don't have to board up the windows because you don't have to be afraid of it because you know it is temporary. I, every single day, I'm like, what am I doing? Like, what am I... What am I doing? Should I, should I live in Montana? Yes. I Yes, I should. 99.9% of the time, I'm so thrilled to be there. But coming back to New York fucks me up. Like, this has been a really difficult trip. They're all difficult trips. I cry every single time, every single day that I come back here. Because I can't believe that I lived here, but I can't believe that I don't anymore. It's... I, I don't know, it's hard to explain. And I feel like only people who have lived in a big city for a chunk of time and then who left a big city can kind of understand it. Maybe you feel that way if you go back to your college or your high school, even your hometown. It's like, I'm not this person anymore. I'm someone I like, I'm not someone worse. I believe I'm someone better or or different in an equally good way. But there is a grief to a season ending. But with seasons, they come back around again. You know, there will be another summer. There will be another ski season. Will I have another season as a New Yorker? I don't know. And so it kicks up a lot of this mortality. It is death. It is grief. And that is really difficult. So when you're looking at your friends and the lanes they're in, do not tell yourself it is a death, it is a grief, because it isn't. They're just in a different season than you. So what that they have a baby and a husband? Or so what whether you have a baby and a husband and they have a career, you can have it all. You just can't have it all at the exact same time. Nobody can. And, you know, the default, at least for me, is like, well, celebrities do. Do they? No, they don't. Look at Kim Kardashian, who, you know, we talk about relentlessly. She just said on the last episode of The Kardashians, I feel like my dreams are finally coming true. And when I heard her say that, I laughed. I'm like, finally? Are you fucking kidding me? Like, your dreams have come true for the last 10 years. But no, to her, they hadn't. She had babies, she had fame. Clearly, she didn't feel like she had love, right? She didn't feel maybe like she had intellectual purpose and fulfillment. Now she's becoming a lawyer. Now she's got Pete Davidson. She's got the love. If even Kim feels like I can have it all, just I couldn't have it at the same time, don't you think maybe you can cut yourself some slack? I think we can. Rihanna just had a baby. Is she touring and putting out new music? No, she's in that season. Beyonce doing the Super Bowl, all this. Was she eight months pregnant? No. People have their seasons and smart people truly successful people, people who do end up having it all, acknowledge that there is a time and a place for everything. You're not snowboarding in a bikini. You're not basking on the beach in your ski gear. Those are for different seasons. And that's okay. Again, we can see this in other parts of our life. But when it comes to these existential emotional crises, whoa we lose sight so i want you to do that copy and pasting that i really try to do all the time that i tell you about when i'm just in a spiral i pull back i copy paste how am i feeling what other scenario can i paste this onto to make it make more sense snowboarding in a bikini oh okay well when you put it that way (laughs) yeah that's i'm not doing that that's crazy that's crazy and it's ridiculous and honestly it looks pathetic. It looks sort of desperate. Like you can't just be in a snowsuit. You can't just lean into what's going on and accept it. You have to pretend that everything happening all at once, even though that makes no fucking sense, it's not healthy. And in fact, it's kind of dangerous. So, all right, we're going to copy and paste that back to my life. It would be unhealthy and dangerous to be gunning for this law school degree, to to pass the bar while also doing IVF to get pregnant with triplets. Would that make any sense? Would that be healthy for either scenario? Would you be a good lawyer or a good mom? Of course not. So look at your path and for the love of God, just trust it, just as an experiment, just just as a data gathering exercise. What would it look like if you just trusted the season? If you went to the beach in a bikini instead of a North Face? If you skied in a Canada Goose jacket and ski pants instead of a swimsuit? What if you just did that? What would life feel like? What would life look like? And how could you actually be a way better friend and a way more whole, unfragmented person? Something to think about. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you have, like, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. And like I said, if this advice helps you at all, I would really appreciate you paying it forward and considering to donate to our philanthropy fundraiser for Kids Saving the Rainforest. It would mean the world to me. We will see you next week right back here. I'll see you later, shalligators.